Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Aaron Eisman, and this is the Not Hebrew School Podcast. We are going to be diving into the awesome Torah portion, the portion of Shemini. I am here with my very dear friend, Mr. Andrew Perlman. How are you, my friend, Andrew? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Rabbi? Shemini is awesome. However you're doing, you're about to get even better. Are you ready? Yeah, I can't wait. So Shemini means eight, the eighth day. This is the eighth day. Now, if you remember the past many, many, many hundreds of verses in the Torah, were in describing the building of the tabernacle. How to build a tabernacle. Now, if you ask me, what is a tabernacle? I would say it's a mishkan. And if you said, what is a mishkan? I would say it's a tabernacle. So the tabernacle, to explain in words, is a home for God. Imagine that. Imagine having a physical structure that is the home for the infinite. God in our world which is an incredible concept. We have it in the temple in Jerusalem as well. You know, the Western wall is the last retaining wall of the temple, the home of God, whatever that means. But we're commanded to build a home of God. And for hundreds of verses, the, uh, the verses are telling us the materials and the structure and the measurements and the width and the length and the height and, and incredible detail. And you would think that it wouldn't say on the eighth day, it would say, and the Big day, the opening day, like this is Lahavdil. You know, you have training camp, and uh, you know, and then there's there's opening season. It's like the big day, like whoa, opening season, or like the first day of a presidency. You know, the presidency is, uh, you know, like this is the first day of the presidency. Yes, they were campaigning beforehand, they were preparing, but this is the first day of the presidency. Or you have, let's say, uh, an army, right? So there's training camp, you're you're in training camp, but then there's the day when you go to war, like that's when. It, the, 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 it starts on day one. Why do we start with the Mishkan on day eight? Eight, the first seven days was Moses sort of, it was, it was sort of preparing for this activity, assembling and disassembling and sort of preparing for this kickoff of opening day. Why is opening day not day one? Why is opening day day eight? La, la, da, 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 la, da, 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 da. You hear the question, my friend Andrew? Yeah, I think opening day is day eight. I, you need time to prepare and time to. Uh, Why is it called? Okay, fine. You got to prepare. Of course, you got to prepare. You got to prepare uh, training camp as well. But training camp is not considered part of of of, of the season, right? Why? Why isn't it the big day? This is this is the the big kickoff. Like after all this time. This is the event. Why is it considered day eight and not day one? Why is this the eighth day when this is the this is, should really be the first day? I'm not sure. I'm I'm honestly stumped. That's a good question, right? Yeah. So the beautiful idea I heard from my dear friend, uh, Mr. Benji White, uh, in Florida. I was there last week, and he shared a beautiful idea which I wanted to share with with all you all, and it goes as follows. In Judaism, we recognize that the preparation is as important as the thing itself. 
And it's not just, okay, we're ready to start now, but we sort of, it, we, not we sort of, we include in the, in the thing itself, the preparation that went into it. It's a beautiful story that he shared about Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky was on a, a plane. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, uh, he passed away in the 80s. A great sage uh, known for his incredible wisdom, but even perhaps even more so uh, for his kindness and his, uh, um, uh, his, his loving, his loving every, every person. So anyway, he was on the plane and he's chatting with the elderly man sitting next to him. And he's pretty elderly himself, and they're schmoozing. And the his grandchildren, Yaakov's grandchildren, are on the same flight. And every couple minutes, another grandchild is coming over to him and saying to him, Zaydi, you know, do you need a pillow? Do you need a drink? Do you need something to eat? Are you comfortable? Can I get you anything? They're being so loving and doting and caring on their grandfather. So the elderly man sitting next to him says, how'd you raise kids like this? You know, I, my kids don't even return my phone calls. Like, how you get, how do you get your children and your grandchildren to be so dedicated to you? So Rabbi Yaakov explained that this, this idea that we understand that whatever we are, there took a tremendous amount of work to, to get there into, in, into who we are today. If I am, if, if uh, I'm the grandfather, so then the grandchildren understand that they only exist. They, their whole personality, their whole, their whole uh, character is from what I put in. So therefore they respect and they're, they're grateful for that. And we have that a lot. A lot of times we have so many mitzvot that, you know, you would look at the mitzvot and say, okay, if I make a blessing or I don't make a blessing, but you have two guys in the restaurant, one makes a blessing, one's, one doesn't make a blessing. They both walk out of the restaurant. You know, you can't really tell a difference who made the blessing, who didn't make the blessing. It's not, right? The message of Judaism is, you're right. Maybe today you can't tell the difference, but come back a year later and you notice the guy who made a blessing for a year. And you notice the guy who didn't make a blessing for a year. They're completely different people. And, you know, as a rabbi on campus, I see that all the time. You know, you know, the students say, okay, you know, if, if I have a class on Wednesday night, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I won't come to, to your program. If I do, and I won't, well, you know, it's like sort of random, you know, well, well are you going to be invited? Friday night, if Friday night you have a, a party, so then you don't go for Shabbat. If you do, and I just see all the time students that are dedicated to growth, it doesn't have to be this massive, crazy, uh, intense time commitment or 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 change or or radical uh, radical investment of time and resources, but just the very basic, tiny baby steps, making a blessing, saying the Shema, coming to Shabbat, whatever it is, these little things is ultimately what establishes the person, these tiny little baby steps. And that's the message that I think the, I believe the message of this, this Mishkan, that the preparation of the Mishkan is just, it's not day one. Why? Because day one is, day eight is only because of the preparation. The preparation is, is everything. And we need to internalize it as we go through the day. You know, it's a humdrum day and, you know, in the uh, end of March, Right. And, 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 you know, you might think, okay, what, you know, what, what difference does it make? The answer is that what we'll become 
is 100% dependent on who we are today. Those baby steps, those little steps, they are incredibly dependent. You know, there's a, a beautiful story. There's a guy here in town. His name is Ilya. Um, name has been changed, but uh, his name is Ilya. And Ilya is a recent returnee to Judaism. He didn't, he didn't grow up very religious. And, um, but recently he became very, very, uh, over the past you know, 20 years, became later in life much more religious. And he had a fight with a rabbi in, in town, not like a fight, but an argument, a disagreement, a discussion with this rabbi in town. This rabbi always said, you know, when you become religious, it's from your parents, it's from your grandparents, it's from your ancestors. You're not, you didn't just do it in a vacuum. And, and this guy, Ilya said, no, I'm telling you, I did it all on my own. They, uh, they, they, my parents didn't do anything. The rabbi is like, come on, you didn't do, uh, you didn't do Yom Kippur. They didn't fast in Yom Kippur. They're from the former Soviet Union. No, no Yom Kippur. Passover, did you eat matzah? No, nothing. Hanukkah, you like menorah? No, nothing. Zero. We did nothing. And anyway, over the years, the rabbi is always telling you, I'm telling you it's from the ancestors. And Ilya's like, I am a self-made man. And then one day, Ilya tells the rabbi this following story. Ilya tells him that, you know, when I was applying to university, my father told me that if you want, I have a friend who can take the word Jew off your passport. And, um, and, and, and then you'll be able to get into school. Often the Jews were discriminated against with getting bad marks, or not even getting into school. So as he was applying to school, uh, his father told him, if you want, I have a friend who can help you and remove Jew from your passport. So the rabbi said, well, did you, did you, uh, did you remove it? So, excuse me, Ilya said, no, I didn't remove it. So the rabbi said, why not? So Ilya said, because I could see in my father's eyes that he didn't want me to remove it. So the rabbi's like, ha, got you. Maybe it wasn't something that he did. Maybe it wasn't something that he said, but it was his eyes. And his eyes made you what you are today. My friend, Andrew, we are the results of the actions that we take today. And every single action that we do has a profound impact on who we become. And not only on who we become, but who, what, what becomes the people around us. Every time we say good morning, every time we say thank you, every time we, every time we, uh, we, we recognize somebody else, we build somebody else up, we recognize God, we bring God into our life. We are becoming a different person. And that we are the sum total of our actions. I remember, you know, I was in Florida last week and I bumped into an old camper of mine. Uh, literally, I remember his name because, you know, I, I just, I was, I was a, you know, a huge camp guy. And, uh, but literally it was 30 years ago. He's 40 and, and I'm almost 50 and he was 10 and I was about 20. And he said to me, he didn't remember anything about me, but he said, I remember, so Again, I'm not, not to toot my own horn, but occasionally I, I'll do something right. Um, so, you know, in camp, you're running around with t-shirts and shorts and, you know, you're not, you're really, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're dressed, you're, you're, you're dressed for sports. But when it came, and my rabbi, I remember my rabbi told us before we go to camp, um, he said, you know, you're going to come after a day of, uh, of, of playing sports. Instead of, you don't, don't pray when you're going to come to prayers, a prayer, afternoon prayers. Don't pray in the in your sports uh, in your sports. Uh, you know, have a special shirt that you wear for a praying for a praying shirt. And so I used to, I was the only one, but you know, it was uh, 
it was maybe it was maybe a couple of people, but you know, I hid a, a shirt in the back of the uh, the shul of the synagogue. And after a day of, of sports and camp, I would you know before prayers, I would I would uh, go to the back and I would change my shirt and uh, and put on my dress, you know, like a more dressier dressier shirt. And this kid who's now forty said to me, he he didn't remember anything. And he said, I remember you going back and changing your shirt. Now, I had not thought of that. I'm telling you, like, I don't know, 30 years. I totally didn't remember that summer. I think I only did it for one summer. And I totally didn't remember that. And, but he it made an impact on him. He's like, wow, that, that impacted the way that he prays. That, you know, like you, you, you sort of, um, you know, I tell it often to students. I say, you know, tell it Shabbat, even if you're not on a Shabbaton, Change your shirt. Wear a special shirt for Shabbat. Wear a special necklace for Shabbat. Change your clothing. Do do something. And I just, it would hit me like, wow, that 30, 30 years later, he heard my name or he met me. And he said, I remember you used to change. <laughs> I remember you used to change your shirt for the services. And, and you know, whatever impact that had on him. And then the guy next to him in Shul. And then the guy next to him in Shul. And, the guy, and then, and it just, it has, it has, unending effects and and you know we often so just i guess the message is my friends that when we do things we might think okay what's a big deal you know what's this little action the answer is this action is absolutely everything this action is is vital and and realize that everything we are right now is a result of the of the of the choices we made, the people that influenced us, and and that is how we become who we become by by making good choices, surrounding ourselves with good people. That's why it's so vital to surround. I tell college you know college students all the time. It's like you know when you're a kid growing up, your biggest influence is you know even if you learn math and science in elementary school your biggest influence is your family that you grew up in the people that are around you so too if you're hanging out on campus or you're hanging out at work or you're hanging out after work or you know the the uh the environment that you surround yourself in because those little tiny things those little uh those little messages those little uh incidents that happen are what create who we ultimately become those tiny little things and that's that, you know, we have to internalize, you know, I, when I, when I got married, I had a seven, I had, I, I, I got, I had a seventh grade teacher, Rabbi Yisrael Meir Stern, who was a, a life-changing um, force in my life. And I recognized that when I got married, I sent him an invitation, um, you know, how old, you know, I was 24. So in seventh grade, eighth grade, 13, you know, maybe 10 years later. And I sent him an invitation. I said, thank you, you know, for all you, I don't know if I wrote him a letter, but I, I sent him an invitation and he came to the wedding. Fun fact, when my daughter got married, I said, he still had a profound impact on me. And this time I remember, I wrote him a letter and I said, you know, I'm God willing marrying up my daughter. And I just want to thank you for, um, you know, for all you did for me. And he drove in to my daughter's wedding, uh, probably a two hour drive. Uh, from from Rockaway, New York, to Lakewood, New Jersey, and he came. He came to the wedding, not only to my wedding, but to my daughter's wedding. Wow! And 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 you know, to to sort of you know, 
I guess internalize two things. Number one is that we are affected by the people we surround ourselves with. So surround yourselves with good people and thank and show gratitude to the people that we that, that influence us, that help us become who we became. And perhaps even more importantly, realize that we become the we are the results of the actions that we do. Every blessing we make, every thank you we give, every smile we give, every happy thought we give. You're walking down the street, instead of listening to you know, some rap on your phone, take a second to turn off your, 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 turn off your phone for a couple minutes and just appreciate being alive. Look around at the world. Rabbi Victor Miller says an amazing idea because imagine a guy's in the hospital and uh, the doctor says, you know, you have, uh, you, have, you have only a month to live and he's looking down at the people down on the, you look at the tops of the heads of the people and he's wishing, I wish I could be in there. You know, I wish I could be those people. And meanwhile, the people on the ground are like, oh, my grocery store is out of milk or my wife insulted me or, uh, you know, my, my boss yelled at me and, and they're like all fetchy and upset. And this guy up there is like, I wish I was down there in the humdrum of life. So we need to internalize that life is a gift. So turn out, you know, walking down the walking down the street, internalize the gift of life, to appreciate appreciate life that we're alive, and you know, there's no such thing as a humdrum life. Every single second is a a a, a waterfall of of a blessing that we could see, we could hear, we could walk, we could talk, we could jump, we could smell, we could we we we, we could breathe, take a deep breath. Oh, what, right? COVID taught us what an incredible gift it is to be able to take a deep breath and hold a, a deep breath in, in your lungs. What an incredible gift it is. So the message, my friends, of the Shemini, the eighth day, is that the preparation of something is perhaps as important or maybe even more important as the thing itself. And we need to internalize that. We need to live it. We need to embrace every opportunity to uh, become, and in that way, we will uh, reach our full potential in uh, a life. This life is all about preparation. We're preparing our soul. We're investing our soul into when we die. Right? Our body leaves this world, and we—that's who we are. We are become. We we only become the result of the preparations that we did, the choices we made in this world. Thank you for listening. My name is Aaron Eisman. My email is rabbi e at meor.org. Feel free to reach out anytime. 